I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Ritalik. I'm Becky Haddad. And this is Owl Pellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Hey, Owl Pellets, we are back and we've got Yet again, a special edition, beep, 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 special edition breaking news, Al Pellets. We have, we're going to be talking about uh, the teachgrandchallenges.com project. That's teachgrandchallenges.com. Uh, this is where the Al Pellets crew got to work with phenomenal ag teachers from across the country in trying to rethink about how we teach large issues that face agriculture every day. And we've got two of our best grand challenge ambassadors, teachers from around the, the country, uh, Lacey and Tiffany. Thank you guys so much for joining us on Owl Pellets today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for the invite. So Lacey, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are and what you're doing there. Hi, my name is Lacey Darnell. I am an ag teacher and FFA advisor in South Central Kansas, about 40 miles outside of Wichita. Um, and I teach a variety of ag classes um, from the traditional, oh, sorry. I teach ag classes, um, just like the traditional ag classes, plant animal science, but then um, I'm also the only ag teacher. So I do a lot of welding and ag mechanics with that. Excellent. Yeah, that's the cool part. Some people think that there's a lot of preps there, but it's also the cool part for those of us that can't focus very well. I get to, you know, I get to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of the other thing. So that's very cool. Uh, Tiffany, tell us a little Hi. bit about you. Hi, I'm Dr. Tiffany Mori. I'm an agriculture teacher in Southern New Jersey in a single teacher program located right in the middle between Atlantic City and Philadelphia in um the region of the state that produces most of the vegetable crops that we eat and sell everywhere else. So we're kind of the food basket. Um, like Lacey, I am teach everything, um, mostly case. So food science, animal science, plant science, intro, biotech, and floral design, because why not? Um, I'm also our FFA advisor. Uh, it's a small school. We've got less than 500 kids. But um, we've got ag in our middle school, and because we're an agricultural community, um, it's a high interest area, and most of the kids that pass through our school will take an ag pro an ag class at one point or another. Awesome, awesome. And and before we hit the record button, which was really a shame, I didn't get this captured, is that uh, Lacey and Tiffany were giving the good uh, Dr. Mike Ritalik a nice hard time about all of the sports between the rivalries that go on. And that was quite entertaining. So I always appreciate when other people help me pick on Mike. Speechless. I'm just speechless. Still licking my wounds. I, I thought you said that Iowa was beachless is when you were saying right there. So <laughs> that's, yes, that too. You have no yeah. beaches in Iowa. Yeah. All right. I'm just, so just going to be quiet. So nobody says anything about Arkansas. <laughs> uh Lacey you've got this really cool thing you talked about beef cattle awareness was your project in here tell us a little bit about what ag teachers will find when they go to teachgrandchallenges.com and click on the beef cattle awareness link so the beef cattle awareness project I mean it started out um, one of my students actually suggested it he was very fed up with the stigma around animal production and how it's just this terrible thing. And he goes, 
he wanted to create a project that said, I care more about my animals than some people around me. And I was like, well, that's probably not the way to go. Um, and so that kind of got my mind rolling. Um, so coming from production ag, I had the same challenges growing up. Um, I had classmates, peers that just looked down upon the, our lifestyle, our family's lifestyle. Um, and so I wanted to change that. So this project um, not only talks about like how to care for beef cattle at different stages in their life, um, it shows compassion and how these farmers and ranchers are compassionate about their animals, um, all the steps and um, money they spend to take care of their animals. Um, and you'll see some pictures in there of him actually like hand feeding animals and interacting with them. Um, just kind of one of those things where we don't talk about how to take care of these animals very well. Um, we just say, well, this is what's recommended. And here we're talking about, no, this is what we do. And this is how we do it. And this is why we do it. I love one of the pieces in there that sometimes we don't often talk about is you had the stressors on ranchers. Talk about what, it, you know, this, we, and I think it's absolutely fantastic. We talk about what all goes on in raising beef cattle. We focus so much on the animal, but I love the, the piece you put there on ranchers. What? Tell me more about that that section. Um. So the stressors really again came about from interviewing his family, um, and it was kind of a surprise. So when I talked to them about like how, what are your stressors? Um, it just talked about the like the financial burden. Um, right now in Kansas, like finding hay, finding and then the price of feed. Um, there it's hurting farmers. Um, pretty bad. Um, this student was. One of, one of my students last year, he was really off one day. And I said, what's wrong with you? Like, what's going on? He goes, well, I, I think I'm, I think I have a cow having a calf and I think there's some issues and I'm at school. Um, and so for these people, like they care so much and so deeply about their animals that he couldn't pay attention at what was going on at school today um, because he was stressing about what was going on at home. So that's kind of where that came from. So Tiffany, tell us a little bit about what you got going on in your project. Yours was taking a bite out of food insecurity. Also got some really good stuff in there. All right. So um, like I said, I live and work in a community that produces the majority of vegetable crops that come from our state. Um, people eat them all over the country, but um, a lot of people in our community, in our school are food insecure. So they can't afford or have access to purchase or eat literally what is growing around them. Kind of like water, water everywhere and not a drop to drink. Um, our community takes up, uh, our sending district is like a third of our county and we have zero grocery stores. Um, so we don't have much public transit. So if you are on food assistance and you don't have a vehicle, your choices are like um, Dollar General. Um, so we do have a few farm markets that have signed on to accept WIC and SNAP if people can get there so they can use their government food assistance to purchase fresh locally sourced food, but that's only for a portion of the year. Um, so I wanted to look at this issue that plagues a lot more people than we necessarily think. Um, so we, we think of equality, right? Having equal access to resources. Well, equity that could be like, we both have the same size ladder, but it doesn't mean we can reach the tree. 
Uh, equity means having the resources that you need so that you can actually access and utilize the resources in the same way that anybody else can that has all the things that they need. Um, so it explores what's food equality, what's food inequity, what's the difference between them, um, what are some of the issues that cause them, uh, what is WIC, what is SNAP, and then um, what I think is cool is I created a Google form that um, people can input information about businesses in their community that accept WIC and SNAP and sell locally produced agricultural products. And once I have that information, I can use the address and drop it in an interactive Google map that I've created. And when you click on the pins, it lists the business. Do they accept WIC? Do they accept SNAP? Are they seasonal? Are they open year round? And what kind of products do they sell? And I hope that if we can make this information more available to people, it will be easier for them to have access to fresh, nutritious food instead of whatever they can purchase at the major chain grocery store or the Dollar General, but who knows where it's from. Because I mean, it's shown that the more food miles a product has, the more time it takes for it to get from the field to wherever it's, it's sold, it loses some of the value. It's not as good, it's not as healthy. And being ag teachers, obviously something in our community has caused our school district to start an ag program. There's agriculture somewhere. So if we can get those agricultural products that are being produced into the hands of our students and their families so they can enjoy the healthy, nutritious benefits of them, then I think we're doing the right thing. Um, it kills me because like literally right across the farm, the street from our school is sweet potato farm. And they grow thousands and thousands of pounds of sweet potatoes but the only sweet potatoes that are served in the cafeteria are the ones that come from cans that the government sends. And there's lots of lettuce and blueberries and tomatoes and corn. And the only ones the kids can get are the ones that have been sent from Mexico or again, that, that come in a can. So it is my hope that people will take my resource. They will take the time to talk to the local agricultural businesses in their communities they'll fill in the Google form with that information and we can get it on the map so that people have more of an idea of where they can get fresh, nutritious food. And just because they're receiving government assistance doesn't mean that they can't access it. Yeah, I, like, I really like both of these projects, Lacey and Tiffany. You, you've done a terrific job of um, identifying some of the disconnect and some of the general assumptions that we that we make. And so, you know, Tiffy, Tiffany, your your point about, you know, we're growing produce right out our back door and yet there's a, a food desert and there's lack of access and challenges. And Lacey, your your comments about um, the challenges that, you know, on one side, livestock producers may be challenging be, be challenged because of the price of grain and commodities. And we have um, corn growers and other producers that are like that like the price and there's that tug of war between the two all of the time and and usually we only think about that from one lens or from one perspective and and I think both of those projects have done a nice job of kind of opening our eyes about how complex those are and how broad agriculture is and and the impact that it can have locally so appreciate your work on that thank you Yes, thank you. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think the other neat thing is, too, is as we have gone through these these uh, uh, different projects, just the tie together that there are between the different projects, not only these two, but 
the ones that we've, you know, uh, that are that are also in on the on the website. Uh, you know, you were mentioning Tiffany about just the, uh, you know, when food is shipped and the loss of, of nutrients. And there's a project that deals with that. And so I love how all these these start to tie together as you look at all the different projects, uh, just to show students the idea that all these things don't happen in a vacuum. So good job. So so. Uh... Tiffany first, and then maybe Lacey, can you talk a little bit about um, when teachers go to the teachgrandchallenges.com website, what, what kind of resources, what kind of materials have you developed and uh, are ready to, to share with teachers across the country? Um, I've created a Prezi. I like Prezi. It's interactive. It's flashy. It's fun. It's a really cool way to incorporate lots of different instructional design features that make it user-friendly, um, along with different forms of media. Um, so I've done a lot of infographics. Uh, like I said, I'm a very visual learner. I, I need to see it as well as to read it and hear it. Um, so I've created a lot of different infographics that explain the difference between food inequity and food inequality um, that outline what are government assistance programs that are in place to address them, WIC, SNAP, um, with just some fun statistics to differentiate the, between them the populations they serve, the goals of the program, and why it's not okay to just say food stamps, um, because that's that's not the way it works, depending on who you are and your situation. Um, it also talks about what is food insecurity as a, as a whole, who, what, where, when, why, how. So who are the people suffering from it? Where is it occurring most? What does it actually mean? I mean, how many people in our country deal with it every day? And what are some of the um, things in place to address it and, and make it different for people? Um, also, just some general statistics about where does our food go? Who's actually eating it? Where does it come from? Um, yeah, it's growing outside my house, but I can't actually eat it. So who is? And then um, the most important piece, like I said, is my database to collect information about farm to fork businesses that accept government assistance so that people can go there, purchase fresh, nutritious agricultural products that were produced right in their community, but not have to worry about the associated cost. Um, and they can just use their benefits for that to actually be able to feed their families um, more nutritious, healthful food. And then um, getting those on the map so that someone could click on it, look up their region, and then see, hey, these are businesses that I can now go to. And so instead of just having to get to the grocery store and purchase, like I said, tomatoes or lettuce grown in Mexico. Um, I could go to this farm market, use my same benefits and get tomatoes and lettuce that were grown at the farm around the corner. Um, you know, it's, it's really, really frustrating to live in a community where there's so much food being produced, but that we're technically a food desert. It's like the biggest oxymoron. And I know that we're not the only community that face it. Um, uh, food insecurity is actually pretty common in rural areas just because there's not necessarily a lot of places for people to purchase food. Um, so if we can, I don't want to say start a movement, but if we can start to get those who sell agricultural products and producers to be a little more conscious about the demographics of people in their area and what they can do to help make their products more affordable and accessible to everyone and reduce the food miles, I mean, that would be cool. And I also would like it so that people that live in communities that produce a lot of food don't have to feel excluded and like they don't have any access to it. 
Very good. Lacey, tell us a little bit about your uh, materials that are on the website. All right. So just like Tiffany, I have a uh, Prezi um, that kind of goes over everything um, that I created. Um, this was my first time using Prezi. So I'm hoping I figured all that out, but it's kind of fun to get um, to use something different. There's also an infographic um, attached to that talking about the numbers um, of beef cattle, um, how much uh, beef pounds of beef we produce every year um, to the number of cattle and calves that we have um, and then cattle loss. Um, so one of the stresses I talked about was cattle loss and how that affects the farmers and ranchers. Um, in that, you can also find, I did a very, very detailed lesson plan. Um, so for each slide I get, or each Prezi section, I gave quite a bit of information for that teacher. So if you really aren't familiar with the beef cattle side of things, um, you can look and see, okay, this is this is what I need to cover. This is the, the content that I need to cover. Here's some sample questions um, to interact with my students a little bit better. Um, and maybe what some of those terms mean um, for vocabulary purposes as well. Um, in that lesson plan, I talked about how to use the infographic um, from researching um, the data. How does it compare to your state, your county, whatever that may be. Um, and then I had two projects. I actually do these projects in my uh, animal science course and my students really like these. Um, one is a research project on the influencers of the cattle industry. Um, so it just gives a brief description. Um, this is asking them who has influenced the industry. Um, so there's not a whole lot of people that they can find on the internet, but they can get really creative. Um, maybe it's just someone locally who's influenced a local um, influence on the community. Um, we have a lot of sale barns and areas like that around our area. So some of those experts, um, some of those influences have helped influence what we see in ours, uh, our region. Animal ag issues uh, presentation. Animal agriculture is a hard topic to teach um, depending on where you're at. Um, so when I taught in further Western Kansas, animal production, everybody's familiar with it. Everyone knew how it works. There was really no questions. When I moved closer to the city, so when I moved closer to Wichita, I had many students that had no idea um, how beef, pork, lamb, any of that uh, chicken was actually created. They just thought I just show up to a grocery store. Um, in the recent years, we're seeing a lot of um, policies designed to restrict animal producers. Um, and so, some of my students um, did a presentation, an ag issues presentation on those policies that non-farmers and ranchers are making um, and how they're gonna influence our farmers and ranchers. Um, and so that project just asked them to look at that um, and they have to provide factual information. It needs to be from a, a good resource and, and we talk about that as well. Well, the thing that I appreciate is the, really the approach that this this whole project and your individual projects here really took at this. We we are not just out there with the goal of preparing these students to be the quiz bowl winners and, and throwing up fact upon facts on a PowerPoint presentation. You have really approached this from a problem based. How do we how do we address this larger problem and seeing kind of the intersectionality of all these things where they come together? You know, Lacey, you've talked about you know, everything from ag issues and influencers and the production side of those things. Tiffany's talking about 
food deserts and government programs, understanding where the food comes from and transportation. So all these things really come together. And so I, I really encourage um, everybody out there listening uh, to our podcast to go and, and visit teachgrandchallenges.com uh, to, to find this and the rest of the projects. This is not just standard, you know, give, give this to your, to your substitute teacher, let them rock and roll with it. This is an engaging, interactive type, type, type of uh, lessons and materials that we got here. So, you know, we're out of time today, but I just really appreciate both of you coming and sharing it with your projects. You've done some outstanding work and uh, encourage again, everybody to go, go check out these materials and use them in your own classroom. So Lacey, Tiffany, thank you for being with us here today on Now Pellets. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Check out our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers.